Thanks for tuning in to the Grace Church of Ocala podcast. We are equipping disciples who make disciples in Ocala, Florida. I'm Ryan Gagnon. We're going to be hearing today from Pastor Todd McQueen as he continues our latest sermon series, Welded, God's Original Love Story. We have prayed about how best to meet our community with the gospel message of Jesus. We believe this digital component is a way of meeting our community here on the web. We hope God uses it to both encourage and challenge you. We also encourage you to serve a local church body. Remember, you can't beat the church by yourself. A phrase you often hear is that God has a plan. In this series, we've started to look at what God's plan is for marriage. God created this whole universe, so why would he create marriage? How does marriage fit into this whole plan God has? What was the point of it? Pastor Todd has begun to tackle those tough questions and more in this series. We know that our call from God is to go and make disciples, but what role does a marriage play into that? How do those things connect? These are great questions. What if God created marriage as an illustration for how he loved the world? Now that's a heavy sentence. Let's see if we can unpack more of that today. Today we will learn that our marriages are to reveal Jesus to an onlooking world. Let's listen in together. Well, good morning, church. We uh, started a new series last Sunday called Welded, and it's uh, a series on marriage, and uh, we worked through last week God's original design for marriage and the idea of welding is what God has brought together let no man divide so when he welds them the two actually become one and they fuse together and God designed that way before there was ever sin in the garden of Eden and so the great gift that God gave was the relationship was a marriage and we talked about how amazing it must have been for Adam to see Whoa, looky there, there's Eve. And so this week is, if we know that the design of the relationship is to be welded together, the logical question is, how in the world does that work? It's one thing to think of the idea of something. It's another thing to think of the practical ways in which it worked. And if God was like, hey, this is what I find of value, this represents also me and my community as a trinity, and... Here's how you should do it. And that is found in Ephesians chapter 5. And this morning we're going to see that our marriages are to reveal Jesus to an onlooking world. Our marriages are designed in such a way that if we follow the way God has established it, it'll be part of our proclamation to our family, our neighbors, our co-workers. So here... I don't usually do this, but here's the overview of the morning. Making it work, making this welding process work. So in Ephesians 5.1, everybody, regardless of your marriage status, imitate Jesus. Every one of us. 
every one of us, respect Jesus. The word respect is used in various ways, but it's the same word throughout Ephesians 5. Everybody, respect him. Give him honor. And then we'll talk about the wives. Submit to Jesus. And finally, the husbands love Jesus. Now, as you look up there, what do you see that's in common for everybody? Sophia, what do you see up arrow that it's a word that is in common with every one of those? Jesus. Look at this word. See that? Everybody, for all of our relationships, regardless of marriage status, but especially in the marriage relationship, the core ingredient to it is your relationship to Jesus. A healthy marriage is built upon a healthy relationship with Jesus, and that is then designed to be revealed to the onlooking world. So let's look at imitating Jesus. Turn to Ephesians 5, 5 verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Everybody, imitate Jesus. Love people above yourself as your worship to God. Everyone, be a carbon copy of Jesus' words and behavior. Somebody may never have read the gospel accounts, but how would they know Jesus by watching what you do as a carbon copy of what you've learned from what he has said to do and how he did it? Be a carbon copy of that. Everybody, everyone, imitate it so Jesus can be seen by your family. They can see the real-life working of what Jesus said in real life in front of them. Parents, your kids will see the love of Jesus by the way you interact with one another. Spouses, the way your relationship is with Jesus, those around you will see Jesus because your relationship to them. Everybody, walk in the means and the day in, day out of life with people so they can see your habits. I purposely found these pictures how in the world is anybody going to see Jesus in my relationship with laundry, with cleaning the house, of what I do in life, at my job site, when I'm on a mountain bike trail? That is where people will see your true identity in Jesus as things come about. Frank, you have seen me wreck. I've seen you wreck. It is in those moments when you realize what a person's made of or when things don't go well. It's in ladies and gentlemen, husbands and wives, this is where our daily imitation becomes our worship. Look at the end of verse 2. Jesus did all these things. Jesus loved. We are to imitate him. Jesus says, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice for God. Our walking in love, our habit of imitating Jesus is what? The end of that verse, what do you see? When Jesus gave himself up on the cross, 
For whom? According to that verse. It was his worship to God, the Father. As you imitate Jesus in your daily life, that then is your worship. If you think worship is just what happens on a Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, and it's only for an hour and a half, you've missed the intent of what Paul is trying to teach in the book of Ephesians. It's our daily imitation of Jesus that is our worship to him. So everybody, imitate Jesus, Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Now move down with me to Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. And respect Jesus, everybody. Ephesians 5, starting in verse 15. Look carefully how you walk then, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What does filled with the Spirit looks like? Look at verse 19. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, <clears throat> submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So everybody, we've imitated Jesus, now we're going to respect Jesus. So we're going to walk wisely in this world, making the best use of our time, being under the control of the Holy Spirit. The best use of your time is when you're under the control of the Holy Spirit, and that means putting other needs in front of you. The Holy Spirit just may break into your regularly scheduled program to say, I need you to meet the needs of somebody else. That's wise walking. That is emulating Jesus to the world. That is imitating him and his love. Everyone, make it a habit of being wise. Wisdom, by the definition here, is how you use your time. Is your time all about you or is it about other people? The Holy Spirit will often ask us to put somebody else's needs more than our own. And we submit to that. Look at verse 21 in particular. So this being filled by the Holy Spirit, being wise in the use of our time, means, verse 21, we submit to one another out of reverence. That word reverence is also respect. For whom? Jesus. So we imitate Jesus, and our life respects Jesus in the way in which we submit to one another. Let me put it to you this way. The value in which you place on submitting to someone else in life shows how much you respect Jesus, because Jesus is said to do it. Saying, I refuse to submit to someone or someone else's needs is a direct relationship on how you respect Jesus, your reverence of him. So everyone, imitate Jesus, and then we respect Jesus. That covers everyone. So let's talk about the wives now. And remember, the hard part about what God says of making a healthy marriage work to reveal himself to the world around us is by his standards and not what we define it as. He's asked 
Wives, to submit to your husband and as to the Lord. Look at verse 22 through 24. Ephesians 5, 22 through 24. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Move your finger down to verse 33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So if God has a plan for how this marriage is to work, here is the first part of what the relationship, in in the relationship, how a wife is to interact with the husband. As you move your finger back up to verse 22, see where it says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. The word submit there is not in that verse. Huh? It comes, the verb comes from the preceding verse. Where, where, who, to whom is the submission in verse 21? Submitting to one another. Everyone is to submit to one another out of respect for Christ. And wives, the literal reading of this is wives also as to the Lord. Wives, to your husbands as to the Lord. Why? Because of her respect for Christ. Here's, look at, look at the why. Jesus assigned the roles. Let me explain something. The role is, there's a difference between role and value. Each male and female, husband and wife, have the same value in Christ's eyes. He died for each. The role in the relationship is not the same as value. Do I like it that Jesus assigned it this way? Do I have a choice? Do we? No, this is how God had established it. Jesus assigned the husband to lead, to be the head of the family. This imitates Jesus. Do you see that? Because Jesus is assigned to lead the church. Wives, submit to your husbands because you're submitting to Christ, your respect of him, because he is the head of the church. So every member of the church is to submit to Jesus because the church submits to Jesus. So every wife who wants to follow God's word and evidence her faith to her family submits herself to God as she submits herself to her husband. The hard part of this in these verses is submitting to Jesus because he's asking wives to submit to husbands. There are a few husbands that do this job incredibly well, and I know of some that do not. This is so hard. The faith walk of a wife in these verses is monumental. She has to have faith in Jesus over the husband she's given him. Guys, these verses should spur on any guy that's in the sound of my voice who has a remote biblical literacy to be a worthy man to follow. 
And in Ephesians 5.33, look at the verse 33. Move your finger down to the end of there. Wives. Respect your husband. Let the wife see that she respects her husband. This is the same word used in verse 21, where it's used to say reverence for Christ. Everyone submits to Christ out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands out of respect for him. This means hold your husband in high honor in front of the kids, the family, and friends. Wives, I know your tongue can knock the wheels out from underneath him if he's trying to lead. But in all fairness, wives, it's hard. But you have the smaller amount of the verses. You have 20, 23, 24, and 33. 20, 2, 23, 24, you got four verses. They're hard verses. I get that. But the husband's has the lion's share of verses in this chapter of what it means to love Jesus. Because everyone imitates Jesus, everybody respects Jesus, and wives, you submit to Jesus. Now, husbands, you've got to love Jesus. Husbands, listen to me. Jesus requires you to define biblical love. A biblical love that will be seen by your family and your friends and your kids and your neighbors. Move with me to verses 25 through 33. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he may sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Husbands, you are to love your wife. You are the dictionary for the word love. When the kids want to know what true love is, look at the husband, the way he treats the wife. This is the real time, real faith, real in action that people will see what does love mean. Will you allow Hallmark or Hollywood to define it, or will you allow God's word to define it? Husbands, love your wife because Jesus defines love because the way he loves his bride. Let's look at the way that Jesus says, here's how I love my bride, the church. Love, husbands, love your wife so much that you can lead. Here's how much Jesus loves his church right, right now. He treats her as special, as distinct, as one especially dedicated to God. He cleanses her by using God's word to purify her. 
And he's going to, Jesus in the last and in the end times is going to present the church to himself. I know it sounds kind of weird, but the groom is Jesus, the bride is the church. When we celebrate a communion, we think forward to the future ministry of Jesus. And when there's a celebration, it's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. And as the result, the party, the reception of when the church is presented to Jesus and she's been cleansed, she's been removed all spots and wrinkles, and she gets presented to her groom. That's how much Jesus loves the church. It's an ongoing process. Someday she will be presented to her, to him. Husbands, love your wives like this. Love your wife and treat her as the most special person in the entire world and dedicate her to God. Apply God's word in your relationship as you interact with her for her spiritual well-being. You see where this emulates just what Jesus is doing with his bride, the church now. He's asking us husbands to do this with our wives. Treat her as the most special. Apply God's word in real life as you interact with her for her spiritual well-being. What do you have to know then, husbands? God's word and how to apply it. Be prepared to love your wife in such a way that you will present her to Jesus as your gift. What's eternal in this world? Pastor Michael asked this in one of his sermons. It certainly isn't the toys in our garage. People are eternal. Husbands, you will present your wife to Jesus someday. Love your wife as your first body and yours as the second. Make her needs number one. And husbands, leave your original family and weld yourself to her, continually infusing your lives together until the two become one. Husbands, guys, love your wife so the world around you can define love. Because Jesus has asked husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Love her in such a way that her choice in following you is really easy. And her faith in submitting to you is easy. The sum of how you love her is your definition of working love. Listen to me, husbands. God's word never asks you to require her to submit. You do not get that option. What's the command for wives? Submit. A few verses. And it's huge. I'm not denying that. But lion's share of these verses is here. You love the snot out of her. In all of these ways, you imitate Jesus. You be Jesus' living example to her of what true love is. You are commanded to love. Give her the easy choice. So move with me now to Ephesians 5.32 because there's something crazy that goes on here in the middle of these verses. So we imitate Jesus. 
We respect Jesus, we submit Jesus, and we love Jesus. And now we're going to see we get to reveal Jesus. Because there's this little verse right here in the middle of this husband and wife dynamics of how to make the weld work together. Verse 32, this mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. This mystery. What is the mystery? That refers to Christ and the church. What is the relationship of Christ and the church? He loved her. He died for her as a fragrant worship offering to his father. The marriage relationship is our working definition, husband and wives, on what it means to live out the good news of Jesus Christ, to live out the gospel, to live out Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and promise return to our neighbors. Your marriage is a living evangelistic track to everybody around you. Our marriages can define Jesus' love. The way you apply this time together, this marriage relationship, is how you are applying God's word in your relationship. Grace. We love grace. Jesus gave grace. We didn't deserve it, and he died for us and gave it to us. Grace we could not afford. How I can't think of a better example where routinely we have to illustrate grace to the person we share a bed with. For how much did Jesus love us to illustrate grace? What a better place to show grace is in a marriage relationship where you have to demonstrate it to somebody that that morning, that evening, that night, that weekend, the sum of those events, they don't deserve it. Your neighbors are watching that. We like grace. And then we think of the cross and we think of Jesus' work of forgiving us. And our marriage relationships refuse to hold on to wrongs. Because Jesus, thank God, literally did not hold on to our sins and hold us guilty of those. And our marriage relationships do not hold on to wrongs against your spouse. And reconciliation. It's one thing to be given grace. That's huge. One thing to be given forgiveness. And then it's the hard work of reconciliation Jesus has called us to be ambassadors of reconciliation to the onlooking world. Our marriages are the real time working out of how two people who happen to not yet be glorified in heaven and still have sin in their life to watch our neighbors who are following Jesus, how they reconcile after that blow up, after those hard times. Are they working back together toward a healthy relationship? See, our marriage reveals the mystery of Christ's work because he does it in our relationships. As we follow Jesus and we do what he has done, we imitate him to the world around us. The best place in which that happens is often the hardest, and it's in the marriage. So our marriages are to reveal Jesus to an onlooking world. How will we do that this week? Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Wives, you interact and submit and respect your, respect your husbands. And it's all integrated on how we view our relationship with Jesus. Because the marriage relationships work because of our relationship with Jesus, but the way he defined it. This week, what does your marriage right now reveal?
If somebody who did not know Jesus could just sit there and watch your marriage relationship for the last two or three months, what would they see about the good news of Jesus Christ and the cross? Are you willing to reveal your marriage to assist a couple that's having challenges? Because sometimes we can put on a front that we got, honey, just be good. Honey, just smile. We're going to church. We're going around church people. Just hold hands. Be good. But when it comes time to real time dealing with other couples who are struggling, are you willing to reveal where Jesus has worked, where you had to show grace? where you would have had to re reveal how you forgave them and the hard work of reconciliation that might have taken a while. Are you willing to reveal Jesus' work in the intimacy of your marriage so another couple can say, wow, that does work? But it takes honesty and disclosure to be able to work with other couples like that. And if you're struggling... Are you willing to reveal your need that you need assistance to make your welted marriage work as God had originally designed it? Which takes more vulnerability too. So as a church, let's just use our marriages to reveal Jesus to everybody who's watching us this week. Thanks again for listening. We hope you've been challenged, encouraged, and helped by God in His Word. If you want more information about Grace Church of Ocala or would like to get in contact with us, please visit our home on the web, ocalagrace.org. And if we haven't met yet, we hope to talk with you soon.